Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Claire Marquick, and this is Real Life Business. Welcome to the Real Life Business Podcast, the show that helps you juggle your business with everything else going on in your life. I'm your host, Claire Marquick, accountant and business coach, supporting you to grow a business that meets the needs of your life rather than taking over it. If this sounds good to you, then I invite you to check out the Real Life Business Hub at www.reallifebusiness.com.au forward slash hub, where we have conversations like this all the time. But for now, let's get on with the episode. Here we are with episode number 28 of the Real Life Business Podcast. This week, I'm chatting with Sarah Studeris, who works with clients using EFT tapping to help them, in her words, shift their shit. Sarah has suffered from anxiety and depression her entire life and found herself in an abusive relationship, leaving her feeling stuck financially, emotionally, and physically. She admits to reaching rock bottom and in this incredibly raw conversation, we chat about that time and how she has managed to completely rebuild her life and more than that, create a business from the depths of the lowest of lows. This is an incredibly inspirational story, so sit back, relax and enjoy. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. We first met, well, sort of virtually met um, not too long ago through a podcast mastermind that we're both taking part in. And what drew me to you instantly was the name of your show, Shift Your Shit with Sarah. I was just like, oh my God, this is a woman I need to talk to. (laughs) And then, then on hearing your story and hearing, you know, where you've come from to, to get to where you are now, I was like, okay, you, ha- you have to be on my show. You, you, your story is so inspirational. There's just so much in there we can unpack. So here you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, thank you, you so much, Claire, for having me here. Really so appreciate what- it. Thank you. So before we kind of deep dive into all of that, why don't we start off um, to share a little bit more about what it is that you you do, where you are, um, and um, yeah, I'll throw to you. Amazing. So again, thank you so much for having me. I am all the way across the world in Canada. Um, so that's the wonderful thing about the internet nowadays is that, you know, you can get to meet and be friends with and collaborate with people from anywhere, which is absolutely amazing. Um, Australia is one of my only places that I've traveled to, one of my favorite places that I've traveled to. Um, So it was amazing when I was like, oh, there's this lady from Australia that wants to talk to me. So that was amazing. (laughs) So good, isn't it? (laughs) It is. And um, so basically I'm um, an EFT practitioner. So what that is, is emotional freedom techniques. It's also known as tapping. Um, So it is something that's just starting to get a little bit more well-known in the mainstream as not just only a stress relief technique, um, but it can also help you to shift out of um, things like limiting beliefs or habits or shift into things, ways of being that that you want to add into your life. And it's also been known as... um, as acupuncture, psychological acupuncture, or Mm. sorry, acupressure, because you're using the meridians in your body, the meridian energy meridians in your body, as you're talking through different points. And when you're activating the energy meridians in your body, when you're tapping on them, 
um, you're actually kind of getting into your body and you're getting yourself into out of that fight, flight, or freeze response and into kind of a safe space. Mm. And it does have some memory reconsolidation properties. So basically, you know, you can be talking about uh, something that you experienced that was maybe not so comfortable. And, you know, it maybe usually brings up a stress response for you, but you're experiencing it again in a safe place. So your memory is kind of going, your brain's kind of going, wait a minute. Okay. Maybe that, maybe that thing, maybe we can think about it a little bit differently. And you can look at, you know, possibilities and shifting it to a different place or look at reframing things. So it's been absolutely phenomenal for me. Uh, I know I told you when I first encountered it, I was doing a 21 days of tapping experience and I thought, Mm. okay, well, you know, we'll try this out. We'll see what it can do. Stress relief. Yes. I definitely need some of that. And within three days, I was no longer uh, going over and over conversations that I had in my head and ruminating on things, which is something that I've done all of my life. And I thought, oh my God, this is magic. Like I need to do this. (laughs) I need, I need to know more about it. People need to know more about this. And so that was really how I got involved in it. And, and how I decided I want to become certified this in this. And I want to share this with the world. I think it's so, so incredible. A a few weeks ago, we had a session together, didn't we? And, and it was for me, uh, I'm really open to trying new things. Um, It's not Mm -hmm. anything I'd experienced before. And I, I just think it, it, we we dug really deep into sort of my money beliefs and and the the meaning that I was putting to a, uh, to how I was feeling about money and earning money and and all that sort of thing, and it just I think you know the simplest way I can describe it was I sort of walked away from it and I was like huh a bit like you said um, just then about um, you know sort of letting go of the story and letting go of the constant need to ruminate and go over and over and over things it's like huh okay. Um, and you just, you know, I just walked away. I was like, huh, feel a whole lot better now. <laughs> and then, and then Absolutely. Um, also, I remember you, you showed me in that, you showed me a really simple technique that we can do on our fingers as well. Like, you know, in, mm-hmm. a, in a stressful situation or, or whatever it might be, you know, you can sort of just do it really subtly. People don't need to know. And that night I, I showed my son that cause he was having bad dreams, couldn't sleep. And it was something that I showed him and, you know, he was asleep again, just like that. And was like, Oh, that was really cool. So yeah, it's personal advocate phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> and I find too, for myself, even when I'm having problems with insomnia, you know, at first I was like, oh yeah, you know, it can be used for everything. It can be used for pain relief. It can be used for, um, you know, symptoms um, that you're having of like different physical symptoms that you're having of illness and things like that. And I hadn't really tried it on anything like that. And one night I was sleeping and, you know, my partner's beside me and I'm going, oh, I don't want to wake him up. He's got to be up very early, but oh my God, I've been here for an hour. My brain won't stop. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to try it for insomnia. And yeah. literally I didn't even use the finger tapping. I just visualized it in my head because I was like, you know, they say with athletes, they visualize what they're going to do. And it, you know, helps to program their mind and, and get their mind ready for it. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to visualize tapping on these points while I go through. And literally within one round, I was like, okay, time for sleep now. So now every time I have insomnia, I'm like, okay, get out your tapping fingers and let's just start tapping. <laughs> And it's, it's been phenomenal for me in that way too. It's amazing, isn't it? And, and it's something that, um, and I'm, I'm sure I would love for you to um, tell us a bit more about your background and your story in just a moment, but it's, it's something that you've, you've got so much 
personal benefit out of as well, isn't it? And then it's like, okay, I've got to share this. I've got to share this with the world. I've got to create a business around this. Why don't we... Why don't we go back if you're if you're if you're willing to like mm-hmm. go back and, and and share a little bit with the with the listeners about sort of how you came to um, need tapping in your life. So probably if I start, probably the earliest part that I needed tapping is if we think back to our childhoods. You know, we all have our little childhood traumas. Um, I've suffered from anxiety and depression my entire life, and it's something that I've kind of carried with me. Where I was talking about that rumination that you know, going over things over and over again before and after conversations with people uh, is something that, you know, I always struggled with. And, you know, as I grew up, my mom didn't necessarily, I, I had a single mother. My mom didn't necessarily have the, the best uh, self-esteem. So she didn't necessarily get in the best relationships, mm-hmm. which meant that that was what was modeled for me. Yeah. And so I got into maybe not the greatest relationship after not the greatest relationship after maybe a couple okay ones. And, uh, about five years ago, I got into probably the worst relationship that I've been in in my life. Um, and it was somewhere that I never thought I'd be, Mm. Uh, I was in an extremely abusive relationship with someone who so quickly took over my life. And I had no idea how it happened that quickly, you know, within three months I was cut off from my family. He was controlling all of my money. He had my car all of the time. He dictated when I worked, who I saw, what happened. And I was a strong person. I would never let this happen to me. And suddenly I was in this place that I didn't understand. And I was completely ashamed of, and that made it even harder to get out of. And so within six or seven months, I just felt that my life completely wasn't my own. He had taken over absolutely everything and there was no way out. And unfortunately he was involved with the police, um, and being an informant. So they weren't any help to me. And, Mm. um, I just needed, I needed some help from some big someplace, some big something. Um, And I thought, okay, I'm, I need to check myself into the hospital, but you can't just do that. So I need to do something serious. Um, So I made my first suicide attempt. Um, And fortunately that one wasn't very serious. Um, That one, I told them I took more than I did. And I just, I just really wanted separation, um, physical separation and distance and more than just the police that he was involved with, um, to be, you know, there. And Mm -hmm. I was hospitalized for about a month and he, uh, was arrested and I put him in jail. Wow. And my friends came back into my life and some of them said to me, this is just too much for me and walked away. And some of them said, what the hell are you doing? Why didn't you tell me? Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just so ashamed. And I didn't know what to do. Um, So I started to get a little bit better. um, But somehow, some way, he weaseled his way back into my life. And then he just became worse than ever. And so within that, my first attempt was in January of that year. And within uh, six months, he had taken over my life so much more. And I knew that there was no way out. So that time I made a serious attempt on my life. And, um, I, uh, I overdosed and I was in a field for 24 hours before someone found me. Um, I woke up and I saw the ugly curtains in the hospital and knew exactly where I was. And I was so mad. I was so angry Um, because it hadn't worked. 
because somebody else chose because somebody else chose for me to live when I wanted to die. And then when I found out how long I'd been in a coma, I'd been in a coma for four days and how long I'd been in that field and that, you know, what I took, I knew part of what I took had killed other people. Um, I knew that there was some reason that I was there and I was like, fine, fine. I give up. I, I, I give up. I, I guess there's just some reason that I'm here and I better find it. And my dark humor set in. And ever since then, my joke has been like, there's no point in me trying again because I'm immortal. Um, because <laughs> if I can live through all of that, <laughs> then there's just, there's just no point. Um, so that time, unfortunately, I did a lot of physical damage to my body. Um, and they weren't exactly sure how they were going to fix it. Um, I um, had been on my leg for almost the entire time and it had caused a lot of damage to the skin and part of the bones. Um, so I had to have multiple surgeries and I had to learn how to walk a few times. I, um, was in the hospital for four and a half months. And wow. unfortunately here in Canada, um, as I know, we were discussing, it's not much better pretty much anywhere in the world, to be honest. Um, because I had a physical injury, they wouldn't treat me for psychological, um, treatment at the same time. And it was really frustrating. I had to do a lot of fighting for that. They, I was in and out of the hospital kind of near the end, waiting for this infection to kind of finally come out of my leg. And, um, I would get into a program and they would put me back in the hospital and they'd say, you're in the hospital now for, you know, physical injuries. You can't be in this program anymore. So I fought and fought and fought. Um, and finally was able to complete my program while I was in the hospital. Isn't, isn't that just, just, just in itself to do, to be admitted onto a program like that admitted, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the right word, but to yeah. be, you know, accepted or to, to mm-hmm. go onto a program like that, that you, you are someone in desperate need. You are someone mm-hmm. who has gone through an unimaginable trauma an unimaginable time you've got so much stuff that you're processing and then the regulations the rules and the okay no actually just park that right now you know you've yeah. got a physical uh, physical condition that we need to treat first you know the you're yeah. you know oh that's just yeah i was like no you're going to put my butt in a wheelchair and you are going to have somebody wheel me down there and i'm going to do this because this is the way it needs to be Good and it even you. got to the point where i had to fight with a resident telling me that um because I was okay that day that they should discharge me from the, the, um, psych program. And I said, look, I, I, like, I were still in critical care at this point. Like I haven't even been put into a regular room. I haven't had anything done to me. I said, I'm not here because I need knee surgery. Like I'm here because of psychological reasons. We're not taking me out of that program quite yet. We're not ready for that. And, um, I really had to fight. And even when I got home, I had to fight for any resources that I got. I did get really lucky and get put in with um, uh, kind of a, a program with one of the universities here in town that was training some of uh, some domestic violence nurses. And I had a phenomenal nurse that I worked with for that. Mm, and um, she was actually key in um, when my ex-boyfriend actually, they moved me um, while I was in the hospital, victim services moved me so he couldn't find me, but I drive a pretty obvious vehicle. And we think that's how he found me. Right. That um, a couple of months later, he showed up at my door and I <sighs> thought I can handle this. I can handle this. I can get him gone and nobody has to get hurt. Um, but unfortunately he uh, was in a much deteriorated mental state. And um, I realized after about 
a day. He held me hostage for two days. I realized after about a day, there was no way that I was going to be able to handle this on my own. Mm. Um, so I reached out to my domestic violence nurse and even, you know, I sent her a text message and said, look, I'm going to delete this message after I send it. But please, if you can, you know, if you get this message, you know, can you please just call the police and say that you're calling in a, a noise complaint from my neighbor because he's been yelling and he's not supposed to be here. So if they come for a noise complaint, it's going to get taken away and no one's the wiser that it was me that called and whatever. So I'm going to erase this, but if you get this and you can do that, please just text me back and say, do you want to make an appointment for next week? Yep. And about 10 minutes later, she texted me back and I thought, oh, thank God. Oh my goodness. So she had called the police and explained the situation, who she was and what I had requested. And unfortunately the police did not see any value in that. Um, They showed up at the door and they said, hey, Sarah, is Justin in there? And called him by name and called me by name. And he immediately went to, you called the police on me. I'm going to kill you. Um, But fortunately he had, I had to answer the door. They were there. Um, But he was threatening me. You better show up at court tomorrow morning and get me out or, you know, bad things are going to happen to you. Bad things are going to happen to your family. Um, He was constantly threatening my friends and family because he knew that that meant more to me than me. And um, they took him away. And I said to them, okay, like I'm leaving the city. And the police said, oh, it's no big deal. You, uh, you'll be fine. Um, he won't get out tonight and we'll call you before he gets out. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't trust you. And sure enough, I left town, but the next morning at 10 o'clock, my phone was ringing and it was him and they had not contacted me anything. So I had to put in another report that he was trying to contact me and they wanted me to come back into my city, um, to make the report at the police station. So I had to switch vehicles with friends and go into the city and make this report. And it went on for a couple months after that, um, that I had to, I was basically on the run. I was staying out of the city uh, because I was scared for my life at that point. Yeah. He had said things like implying that someone was going to die. Um, and I didn't want to be that person. Um, I'd already tried that and I was over it. Um, <laughs> so, so I didn't want to be that person anymore. And, yeah. um, so I stayed with friends and family, um, for a couple of months going be- different between different houses. Anytime I had to come back into my own city, um, I would switch cars with my friend's husband. And, um, that went on for a while. My friends would track me on apps to make sure that I wasn't longer than I was supposed to be anywhere that, you know, I didn't get accosted somewhere. Um, and that was just how life was for a couple of months. How does it and come to that night, as the, as the, as the victim, how does it come mm-hmm. to you having to live your life like that? I mean, that's a whole other conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Like beyond the scope of, yeah. of this show, but uh, I, I find it, I find it utterly disgusting. I think the that, hardest part was that the, the um, victim services gave the judge a suggestion to have him expelled from the city and banned uh, because he was not originally from my city and the judge refused. So I had to leave my city um, for my own safety. And it just ended up that I again got very lucky with some domestic violence workers. They talked to some other domestic violence workers in a city where one of my friends lived. And my friend said, look, like, just, just move here if you can. So they arranged for me to move cities and I left, I moved cities. And two days before I got my keys, I got a call from the police and they were asking me, you know, do you know this person? And I thought, oh my God, he's outside my old apartment making a scene. And so I said, yes, you know, this is my ex-boyfriend. 
we have a no contact order. He's not supposed to contact me going through, you know, all of the things like, you know, I'm not doing anything to like try and get him to do this. Mm. And he said to me, okay, well, you know, I'm just calling because you're the only next of kin that we have listed, but we just found his body. And in that moment, it was at one point relief because this was over. Mm. And at another point, almost like being a widow because your partner that you just had is gone. Yeah. Oh but you're glad that they're gone. So it was so hard. Um, sorry. Don't apologize. <laughs> um, I, I, I cannot even begin to imagine. I talk about a roller coaster of emotion all the time in, in terms of business mm-hmm. and, and family life, but I can't begin to imagine that roller coaster. That mm-hmm. thank fuck, but shit, you know, that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the person that they were in the end, you know, you're glad that they're gone, but the person that you thought that they were, um, that you remember them to be or yeah. Um, you know, you're still like, that was a person. Um, so that was hard. Um, but at the same time, it was such a relief not to have to have people track me anymore, not to have to, look over my shoulder constantly anymore, um, or any of that. Um, Mm. so that was when life really started to change for me. Um, it was like, okay, I don't have to be in this constant state of what's next. Yeah. Um, This fear and alertness and it's like, okay, so what, what really is next? What, what happens now? Um, my life isn't all about running from this person and, and therapy, what does it become next? And so for the next probably year, it was all about, okay, well, now that this isn't me, who the hell am I again? Like, who Mm -hmm. am I now? And what am I going to do? Um, So I, I was very, very lucky. I have some phenomenal friends that really stuck, stuck by me and really, really helped me. Um, And they have been just absolute rocks in my life. Mm. Um, and they've really, really helped in that, in that whole time, but also in that, that year afterwards where, um, you know, I had to learn how to relate to people again. And, um, my one friend calls me a walking trigger warning because (sighs) when people ask me questions, I'm just very honest. Um, and I don't really have a, a filter about them. So, um, with my physical injuries, I walk with a cane and if I have, shorts on or for the longest time I had a brace on my leg that went from my thigh to my ankle wow. and people would look at me and say oh my god what happened and I would say oh I tried to kill myself <laughs> and I would be like you've got to stop doing that <laughs> you're going to like, you're gonna give a heart attack and I was like but that's the truth so you had a car accident or something <laughs> exactly and so for the longest time I was I had you know I had to learn how to relate to people again and you know maybe not give everybody all of the answers right off the top. Um, if I, I didn't know them and, uh, you know, they just came up and were curious. Uh, (laughs) so my friends were definitely helpful in that and in, um, you know, making me feel useful again. Like I didn't know if I'd ever be able to work a real job again. So Mm. they own a store and they'd say, well, you know, help us with that, this, help us with that. So getting to feel like I could do things again, because my, whole sense of self was just like, I don't even know anymore. Um, so that was super helpful. Ah, I can. And then, 
I can, <laughs> Im- no, that's all good. I, I can imagine again, you know, having, having a support network around us and having the right people around us is something I talk about all the time, but mm-hmm. hearing your story, and this is why I want to have you on hearing your story. It just, it amplifies things so mm-hmm. much more doesn't it? about the and and you don't have to have gone through the extent no. of the trauma you have but having those people that as you say are your rocks that you can call on that have got your back that are gonna lift you up and you know smack you in the face and say you can't say that <laughs> <laughs> you need those honest people don't you around yes. we, we need those yes. people around us yeah, and they've been phenomenal. And and so, you know, they would give me little things and say, you know, like, try this, try that. How does that feel? How does that feel? And so little by little, it was like, okay, you know, I can help them with their business. That's what I can do. But I was kind of also like, you know, my, my whole identity had to change because mm-hmm. I used to be the smart friend. I used to be the intelligent one. And unfortunately, um, like I've recently found out that in all of that, I did have to be resuscitated. So there would have been some brain damage associated with that plus trauma, plus like everything I had in my system. So my brain doesn't function the way that it used to. um, And I don't have the memory that I used to. So my whole identity also changed. So it was like, who am I and what am I anymore? So they also were key in, in helping me be able to give myself permission to kind of experiment and be like, what do I like now? What can I do now? What am I capable of now? And were kind of gentle with me in the time that my brain really needed to be able to heal. And at, there was a time that, you know, I, I couldn't shift from one idea to the next easily at all. Mm. And they were, you know, very gentle with me in that time. Um, whereas, you know, if I had have been in, you know, a typical regular job, I'm like, I would have been fired 10 times by now. Um, so they were super helpful in that. And then, um, once I discovered EFT, I was like, oh, you know, I really want more people to know about this. And wait a minute, like, can I actually make a business out of this and like actually support myself and be able to make money, support myself, have a business, grow myself while I'm actually helping other people. Can I do that? Oh my God, this is a thing. Um, so that's kind of how everything led into, being able to bring this thing that helped me so much into creating a business to help other people. I, I, I'm almost, almost to the point of like, I, I don't even know where to go next. Like I, I, <laughs> I cannot believe the, the magnitude of that evolution of that, of that growth of that change of that, whatever you want to call it, um, that you've been through. Um, would you, something that popped into my head when you were talking and, um, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this. Would you say you have discovered yourself again, or have you created yourself? I would probably say that I discovered myself again um, and then created new facets of myself from, from that, because it was all about, you know, what am I even capable of anymore? Um, You know, and, and a lot of people go through that in different 
different parts of their life and different mm. phases of their life. You know, when moms, when their children go to school, moms, when their children leave the house, uh, parents, when their children leave the house, um, you know, couples, when they get divorced or a spouse dies, you know, you're like, who am I without this relationship that defines so much of who I am? And for me, it was like, who am I without this part of me that defines so much of who I am? Mm. So I, I really know what it's like when people are going through that, when they're like, this just doesn't feel right anymore. And I mean, even with the amount of growth that people are searching for and striving for and finding these days, we're growing out of parts of ourselves. So I think that's something that we kind of constantly have to look for where it's like, if something just doesn't feel like it's right or feel like it fits or feel like enough anymore, that's okay. You know, Mm. it's okay to grow out of those parts of ourselves. It's okay to evolve into something new. We don't have to be the same person and we shouldn't be the same person our entire lives. And it's, it's okay. We don't have to feel bad about it. I think that's, that is really great advice, isn't it? Because we can, it can be very easy to attach a sense of, attach a sense of identity or, or attach a sense of, well, this, this is just how it is. You know, I've got to mm-hmm. grow to like this or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bad for, um, you know, I'm bad for wanting more. Um, mm-hmm. Something that I'm seeing a lot at the moment, you know, a lot of my clients are kicking ass to, to, to put it like, to put it <laughs> plainly, you know, they are going, the, the businesses are going so well, despite being in industries that have been really, really rocked over these last couple of years. And there's an, there's an, there's an element of, of guilt. There's an element of, you know, should I not be grateful for where I am? Like, why am I always wanting the next thing? Like, why am I, why am I bored by this? Like what's wrong with me for wanting more? And I think you can, you can sort of see the similarities. I mean, complete difference, but complete similarities in what you're saying between your situation and, and those situations as well. Can't you? Like we don't, have to there's no law to feel a certain way about a certain situation we can create and make whatever we want yeah it's okay to it's okay to want to stay where you are and it's okay to want to change either way Mm. and you know it it doesn't matter whatever works for you is what's right for you and you know there might be people around us that make us feel like we shouldn't want more or we might be projecting that onto other people around us. But in all honesty, like we've got to make room for other people. So if I feel like what I'm doing doesn't work anymore and I want to level up or I want to do something completely different, then why should I not do that and make space for someone else to be exactly where I was? Mm. That's it. Now that's a really interesting thing that you've just said, make space for somebody else to be. So somebody, somebody else stepping into where you were. So you've got to sort of Mm -hmm. let that go to enable someone else to step into that place. And then the, the, by sort of, um, you know, what happens then is you've let that go, which means you've then got space to up, up level yourself and your thinking and your business as well. That's really, Mm. I I like that. That's neat. I haven't thought about it like that before. But actually I was, I was, um, I do closed captioning. Um, it's something that I've done forever. And, uh, one of the videos that I was captioning today, there was a young man that was talking about how he had been offered a full scholarship for law but he wasn't really interested in law, but he had a discussion with, with a a woman who had offered him a business internship instead. And she said to him, do you want to study law? And he said, no. And she said, okay, well, do you feel 
good about the the idea of you know maybe going to to uni and not having to be in debt by the time you're out and he said yeah and she was like okay how do you think you would feel if you went and you were studying on that that scholarship and he said I wouldn't be very happy about studying something I didn't like and she said okay well then why why are you considering taking the scholarship and he said because it's a free education (laughs) and she said well what about somebody else that maybe really enjoys law that needs that scholarship you know are if you're taking it you're taking that away from them and I was like oh my god you know so many things where we're like oh I feel like I have to keep doing this Mm. even though I don't want to I want to do something else in my life you know are we keeping that from someone else because we're doing it and we're not just being like okay I'm letting that go for someone else and I'm gonna do go do this other thing now and I'm gonna go do what lights me up what you know what I'm meant to do what I want to do um, and what's gonna move me forward and let somebody else come into that space and take up where I was before. Yeah, who's gonna who's gonna shine and it be the thing that lights them up because they're mm-hmm. you know that cliche term on a different journey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Do you feel like with the the with your past and with everything you've been through, do you feel like you're more easily able to identify the shit for want of a better term? Yeah, your term. <laughs> Do you feel you're better able to identify that now and just go, hey, okay, Sarah, like there's some shit here. Let's deal with it and get rid of it. Or, you know, are those are those patterns that we all go through still present with you as well? I definitely still get stuck in in patterns sometimes and I need someone else to see them and go, um, yeah, do you not see that you're doing this uh, and kind of bring me back from it? Um, but definitely I would say I... I mean, I've always been, I've always been pretty self-aware. I just don't do anything about it um, was the way that things were before. I would be like, I know that I don't like this and I know that this has to change, but that takes energy. So why am I going to do that? Um, And now I'm more like, you know, the energy that I'm spending on disliking what I'm doing or disliking the habit or, um, you know, not being happy with what I have or not being happy with how my day is moving or uh, not being happy with what's going on, all the energy that I'm spending in all of the days that I'm feeling like that is so much less than the energy that it would take to shift that Mm. and feel so much better. Mm. And then the the opportunity cost of that energy as well, because not only Mm -hmm. are you using energy in that negative mindset, but that energy could be being used with something that lights you up and with something that brings Absolutely. you joy. And I guess that's where you, you sort of got to with establishing your business. It's, it's like, okay, like I know how this has helped me. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that if I clear the space and if I shift my shit, then I can, I can help others do the same. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said before, like people don't have to have gone through something as traumatic as I went through to want to change or to, you know, feel justified in, in, in being able to do something like that, you know, it, and I can, I can so much easier identify with people that have these little, for lack of a better term, pain points. Um, but these little things that bother them or these, these little things that add up or things that weigh on them or things that are in a completely different situation where it's like, you know what, I haven't experienced that exact thing but I know exactly how you feel. Mm. And 
it's like I had to go through all of this shit. But now I can relate to so many more people on such a different level. And it's like, okay, I guess that's my, you know, reason to be thankful for what I went through is that, you know, I can relate to so many more people. I I know what it's like to feel that, that misery or that shame or that just unhappiness with what's happening. And, you know, it's easier to say it's okay to give yourself the permission to just do something different. I think that's so, yeah, it's so, so powerful. What what would you say, because, you know, let, let's be real here. Let's, let's, let's be real. Let's be very honest, you know, whilst, whilst I hope that, that, that you never, ever get to the depths of where you were before, um, it still doesn't mean life is dandy all the time. So it's still, you know, you haven't, you haven't negated yourself of the ups and downs of, of, of life and business and everything else. There's still good days. There's still bad days. What are the, what are some of the things, like, what is it that, that keeps you going? What is it that, you know, lights your fire now? What's that, what's that inner drive? I would say for me, it's the fact that I know that I didn't have to feel the way that I did for as long as I did. Mm. And I know that other people don't have to feel that way. So it's letting other people know that there's a different way, you know, whether it be that you're unhappy with your weight, whether it be you want to be in a different business, whether it be that, you know, you're not happy with your partner anymore, whether it be that you just don't feel good and you want to feel good again, it doesn't have to be that way. And there is a really easy way to shift that. And just knowing that there is that, that tool that people just need to know about mm. and, you know, spreading the word about EFT and, and tapping and, and how much it can change lives and how much it can change little things and how much it can change big things. I think that is what's exciting for me yeah. and seeing, seeing all the differences that it can make. You know, when I was first introduced to it before this tapping experience that I talked about earlier, um, you know, someone said, oh, I tried this tapping thing and um, I tried a tapping for having a better day. And I think I had a better day Um, and, you know, download this app. So I downloaded this app and I did this tapping. I was like, oh, yeah, I think I had a better day. Great. Whatever. And then never thought about it again. Yeah. So, you know, not realizing how many different areas it can help in and like how quickly it can help you to make a shift in the way that you're feeling. I think that's that's the most exciting thing for me is seeing other people realize that in themselves. And, and you know, yes, sometimes it's tough to go through your shit. Mm. Um, you know, it, it can be really tough to get honest. It can be really tough to dig deep and it can be really tough to feel your feelings. And, you know, so often we shove down our feelings and oh, a lot of people just... will say to me, um, you know, in tapping, one of the very first um, phases that you go through is is venting. And a lot of my friends will say to me or people that I try to explain tapping to will say to me, but I'm not supposed to concentrate on, on these negative things. Like, why am I talking about them? And I say, well, if we're just shoving them down, if we're not talking about them, like they're just going to manifest themselves somewhere else. Mm. And it's not going to be somewhere that you like, you know, we have to let go of these things. We have to talk about them. We have to release them. It's okay to not be okay with things. It's okay to have these uncomfortable feelings. We have to acknowledge them and let them go. And that's, that's a big part of it. It's massive, isn't it? It's such a, it's such a deep rooted 
belief. And I think it, you know, it stems from all manner of different things and, and mm-hmm. no, generally no malice. Um, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's no malice intended by the words that parents say, like when they say, yeah. say to your kid who's crying, come on, cheer up, you know, but over and over and over again through, you know, through the media, through things people say, through just general life, we create this meaning that feeling sad is bad and that feeling Mm -hmm. um, angry is bad. And, you know, that we attach a label of positive and negative emotions, don't we? And Mm -hmm. it's, we, I don't think we even as a population, I'm not talking about we as in you and I, I don't think just generally as a population, we realize the damage that we're doing by attaching negative and positive to emotions. You know, an emotion is just an emotion, isn't it? It needs to be, as you say, it needs to be acknowledged. It needs to be identified. It needs to be processed and it needs to be released. And that's the same for happiness, fear, um, joy, anxiety, love, whatever it is. Um and as you say, as soon as you start to push them aside or push them down, they don't go away. No. They don't go away, do they? It's like a pressure cooker. Like it's going yeah. to, you can you can push it down for, for a time, but then something's going to happen. You know, right. you're going to get sick. You're, something is going to happen. It, it has to come out somehow, doesn't it? Exactly. And it might not look anything like when it came in, went in and you might not realize that the two are connected, especially things like getting sick or, you know, aches and pains or, you know, just general malaise or, um, you know, injuries. And, you know, we're not realizing that that is all of this like emotional suppression that we're, we're doing to ourselves. And, Mm. and, you know, or when we're associating the feeling with ourselves, you know, I am depressed, I am sad. Um, and, you know, taking on the, the, especially when we have a negative connotation on it, taking on that and being like, oh, you know, I'm horrible um, mm. because I feel this way or like, I really shouldn't feel this way. Well, no, feelings are feelings. You can feel however you want. You know, you don't want to feel that way anymore. Okay, well, let's deal with why you feel that way. Yeah. And we can let it go. That's a, that's a massive, massive distinction. Like it's, it's one that i I pull my boys up on all the time, all the time, because I think our self-talk um, mm-hmm. is so, so powerful, isn't it? So if it's, if it's, you know, something that comes out of our eldest son's mouth all the time, it's like, oh, I'm so bad or I'm so stupid or I'm so this or I'm so that. I'm like, no, you're not. You know, yes, that was a bit of a silly decision that you made. That doesn't make mm-hmm. you stupid. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you're just you who made a stupid decision It's very, very different, um, very different to our mindset and how we can then choose to approach things differently. Isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. What are some of the things like, this is something I'm always really curious to ask people as well. What do you have in place now that helps you to be as effective or as productive as you can be like, what are, what are some of the non-negotiables that you've created in, in your life to help you navigate this roller coaster going forwards? For me, the biggest non-negotiable that I have is listening to my body. Um, I know that, uh, I know that my body talks to me, um, and I know that it speaks very loudly. And if I don't listen, it will speak even more loudly and I will get sick or I will get hurt. Um, so definitely if I, um, I don't know if, I don't know if you're a TikTok person. If My son is. Heard of the no bones. <laughs> do, you, do you know the no bones? bones no. No bones days. 
Okay, well, you'll have to have people listening that do. You'll you'll have to have him show you Noodle the Pug, um, who is now apparently like the the um, the decider of how the millennial generation is going to feel that day. Um, So he's a thirteen year old pug, uh, and his owner every day will stand him up in his little bed, and if he slumps over, he has no bones, and it's going to be a rough day. not a good day to, you know, sign a contract or do anything or wear hard pants. Um, you just have to be nice to yourself that day. And if he stands up and he has bones, it's a good day to celebrate, you know, go treat yourself to, you know, that new purse that you wanted or something. Um, <laughs> so for me, it's like listening to my body. And it's like, if, if I'm feeling like I'm exhausted and I just can't do any more work that day, it's time to shut off. And it's time to just go do something for me. It's time to go take a nap. It's it's time to go sit and knit. It's time to go, you know, do something creative. It's time to go for a walk outside. It mm. is not time to try and push through and get some junk work done. That's going to be no good. Um, I'm better to just put it away and come back to it tomorrow after I've given myself a bit of a break. And I know that if I don't, I'm just going to end up burnt out and sick. So that's mm. for me, that's my biggest non-negotiable is I listen to my body now and I listen to what it's telling me to do. That's a, that's a massive, massive one, isn't it? And I can say Mm -hmm. hand on heart, you know, it's something that I've had to really learn the hard way as well. You know, when I first, (laughs) when I first went into business, when I first left my comfortable six figure salary to go full-time into my business with like suddenly nothing, you know, we talked about um, pushing the stress away and pushing those negative emotions away. You know, I was doing a lot of pushing away. I was doing a lot of pushing through. I was doing a lot of hustle because, you know, I was like, I've got to do this. I've got to have a website. I've got to have business cards. I've got all these busyness tasks that my husband was telling me, you don't need to do that. But I was saying, you don't know anything. Yes, I do. And hustle, 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 hustle. Before I know it, I was sick. So within about three weeks of leaving my nice, comfortable salary, I was sick and I was sick for about a month. And I'm like, okay, this is probably the universe telling me um, that I need to start listening to my body. And when I'm really honest with my, you know, when I really think about it, you know, it's something that's happened all through my life, you know, all through school, Mm -hmm. all through uni, you know, if when I've pushed myself to that breaking point, I get sick. Um, And it's always a sign to me that I need to stop. But, you know, what I'm learning now is don't let it get to the point where you have to be bedridden for a week. Start to recognize those early symptoms, if you like. And like Mm -hmm. you say, it might just be like now I just go outside and just go and sit or go and do a task outside or I go and feed the chickens or I go and even if it's hanging out a load of washing, it's just get outside and stop. And it can be as simple as that, can't it? It doesn't have to be massive. Like I've got to take a month siesta off my business to (laughs) cover. Like we're not talking about that, are we? It's just you've got to listen to those little signs. Yeah, for me, like the very first time that in the journey to my business that I did that was, uh, you know, a time where I was feeling like I was butting heads with everybody and, I just couldn't move forward at all. And I was so fed up and I had so much anger built up in me and it wasn't letting me get anything done. And I just was almost like vibrating with this, just these emotions that I couldn't let go of. And I woke up and said, you know what? Something's got to change. Something's got to give. And I literally pulled up my phone, pulled up the map, um, map app on my phone and scrolled around until I found a green area near me. 
because I was like, I don't want to go to the local park. It was during COVID. And it was when the parks had first opened up again. I was like, everybody's going to be there. Don't want to go there. Um, So I just scrolled around for some open green area. And I was like, I'm going there. I don't care where it is. I'm going there. And I did. And I went and I just walked until I wasn't angry anymore. And then walked a little more. And I felt so much better by the end of it. And I was actually able to move forward. Yes. I think there's that there's there's so much power in that in what you just said there like you know there is no point like there are there is there are so many influences there is so much talk of hustle 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 but like to me I know for me it it doesn't work I've tried it I've done it Mm -hmm. um and it's just led me to feeling like shit physically mentally arguing with my husband like it just it's just not a nice result um so just yeah just take a break again it's that whole thing isn't it it's like let it go release it Mm -hmm. give yourself the space to release whatever shit is in there get it out you've got the space then to to progress and move forward so good Mm -hmm. so good for anybody who is listening to that, I, I would beg anybody listening to this not to have been inspired, not to have been moved. And, you know, I'll, I'll say it a million times, but, you know, thank you so much for, for being so open and so vulnerable and so willing to share what you shared today. Because as, a, as we've said, you know, whilst people listening might not have gone through or been going or are going through the extent to what you did, there will be elements of shit going on in people's Mm -hmm. lives that they can take some inspiration from that story. I think that's just fabulous. Thank you. If anybody wants to, um, wants to follow you, reach out to you, find out more about um, tapping in, how you can help, where can they find you? Uh, Well, you can always find me on Instagram. I'm not as active as I should be, but uh, (laughs) you know, I'm still there. Um, And you'll find me there as uh, shift your shit with Sarah, just uh, S-A-R-A. Um, and you can find me on my website, which is shiftyourshitwithsarah.com. And, you know, like to keep things consistent. So you can also <laughs> find me on my podcast. It's, uh, you know, you can find it on any podcast player, like Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere that you listen to your podcast. And again, it's shift your shit with Sarah. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's just straight up. It's like no messing. This is this is what it is. <laughs> Before we go, I always like I've got three little quick fire questions that I like to um, fire at guests. So if you're up for that, we'll we'll crack absolutely. into that. Tell us about a a book that you think everybody needs to read. Um, I think that one book that I've read recently that I think is phenomenal is it's called Make Some Noise by Andrea Owen. Um, and it's about, um, mostly as women identifying how we're suppressing our voice and maybe not asking for what we need, or, um, even, you know, asking for what would be nice. Uh, and we're just suppressing anything we want. Um, and it's about looking for ways to change that, looking for ways to speak up, looking for ways to stop playing small and play big. Um, and I think it's a phenomenal book. That sounds awesome. Make some noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll get a look for that. That's going to be my next audible <laughs> listen. <laughs> Much more practical. This is practical head. What about a um, piece of software, tech, or an app that's changed how you do business? For me, I would have to say that it's Google Workspace. 
Um, it is a part of like everything I do. My calendar is my Google calendar. There's my Gmail. I no longer have to have a separate program to bring up like my documents, my spreadsheets, all of that. It's all there. doesn't matter what computer I'm working from. doesn't matter where I am. It's all there. So I think Google is my best friend um, in, in what it's created and in, you know, everything like forms and docs and spreadsheets and everything. I think that's been phenomenal. It's, it's definitely been a game changer for me. I love it. Yes, I, I absolutely love it. The whole, um, you know, when I think back to when I was at uni and I used to, um, you know, carry my like floppy disks in a little, you know, I used mm-hmm. to get like colorful containers and I stick stickers all over them and I'd, I'd get to the computer, um, you know, the computer rooms at uni and I'd be like, shit, I've left that floppy disk with that half written essay on it at home. And, you know, like, <laughs> or leave it in the computer lab and then yes. you have to hope that it's still there when you go back yeah mm-hmm. that's it like you know they like these kids today they just have no idea how good <laughs> they've got it do they <laughs> I mean like this final question I, I just I have no idea how you're going to answer this but I'm going to fire it at you anyway if you could give your your younger self one piece of advice just one um what would you say that time isn't as slow as you think it is. Um, Time goes by so quickly. So the thing that you are struggling with right now, in no time, it's not going to matter. So Mm. spend less time worrying about it and just let it go. Oh, that is beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful and a perfect place to end. Thank you so much, Sarah, again, for your um, your immense vulnerability and openness to share your story and your journey of resilience and pushing through and shifting your shit. And I would encourage anyone listening to this, if you're a podcast listener, go and find Shift Your Shit with Sarah and um, subscribe to that podcast as well because it's so, so good. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Claire. Oh my God, seriously, that has to be one of the most epic conversations of this podcast so far. I'm sure you will agree. Thank you again to Sarah for your absolute trust and faith in me for being able to share your story. I really do appreciate it. And where do I even begin when it comes to key takeaways from this one? I think perhaps the single biggest thing for me is that whatever it is in in life, in business, whatever it is that we're going through, we need to remember that it will pass. It is a blip in the grand scheme of things. Um, And it almost seems, I almost don't feel qualified to say that, but hearing Sarah say those words, you know, that would be the advice that she would give her younger self. You know, things will pass, whatever it is we're going through in the whole grand scheme of our life. It is such a minor, minor blip in time. And if we can just find something from within that just helps us get through, then, you know, we know it's going to pass. The key that I got out of that was about acknowledging all of our emotions and if you've listened to any of the any of the episodes that I've done before then you'll know that I talk a lot about really being able to identify our emotions identify how we're feeling put a name to them and that just helps us to 
process and actually get those feelings out. And then when we've done that, we're free to get on with things rather than just pushing aside and hustling on and pushing on regardless and thinking that we're all strong. And then we just reach a point where we just burst over the smallest little thing. The second point that really stood out for me in this conversation is is the fact that we're not bad for constantly wanting to improve ourselves from continually working on ourselves you know that process it, it's indefinite like it, it never ends and you know we're not bad to want to constantly change ourselves and improve ourselves you know stuff is going to come up all of the time each time we level up each time we process some shit each time we shift some shit Um, we level up and we become this new version of ourselves. And when we hit a roadblock again, which we inevitably will, it can be really, really easy to think, oh, fuck's sake, you know, like I I thought I got through all of this. But the the thing is, we're at a different level. We're playing at a different different card table right now. You know, the stakes are higher. And when we elevate ourselves, when we grow, when we do that inner work, we're going to reach the next problem and the next challenge and the next thing that we have to get through, the next blockage. That process never stops. And just because we think we've got us to shit together and then something else happens that throws a roadblock in the way, it doesn't mean anything bad. It doesn't mean we're doing anything wrong. Actually, it's my belief that it's a sign that we're constantly growing and that we're constantly elevating. If we never reached a point where we felt uncomfortable, if we never reached a point where we started doubting ourselves and questioning our decisions and, and that sort of thing, you know, we, we, we're comfortable. We're sitting too pretty. You know, we have to always be in a position where we're, where we're growing and we're elevating ourselves. And so it's not a sign that we're failing if we're constantly coming across roadblocks. It's a sign that we're doing the work and, and getting through one and reaching the next one. The final thing that, I mean, God, there was so much, wasn't there? But I think the final thing that I want to sort of make a point of from this conversation is that we can create whatever we want out of our life, out of our business, out of anything, when we have the right support around us. Our support networks are absolutely crucial. And that doesn't just mean our friends or that doesn't just mean our family. That means, you know, having mentors, having coaches, having colleagues, having having people who challenge us as well. Because if we just always surround ourselves with people that go, Yeah, that's awesome, you're so great. You know, we don't we don't learn from that. We need constructive feedback as well to be able, you know, to have someone who sees things from a different perspective, to be able to go, you know what you know maybe you want to think about this or maybe you want to think about that you know the right people around us give us energy they give us inspiration they lift us up they back us but they also call us out on our bullshit you know they don't just let us sit comfortable if we're doing something or if we're not doing something that we should be doing we need people around us who are going to really kick us up the bum like and like Sarah was saying in this example you know she had some really really good friends that helped her through what can only I, I can't even imagine the the depths of what she was feeling at certain times but she got through it with the support the care and the love of the right people around her and this is something that's come up in so many of these podcast conversations the right people around us is absolutely crucial. 
Now, on that, if you are looking for more, uh, uh, more of a support mechanism for you and your business and the growth that you have got channeling in uh, for 2022, then the Real Life Business Hub might be just up your alley. Inside the hub, you get access to fortnightly boardroom sessions, which are live Zoom roundtable discussions, essentially, where we discuss the things going on in our businesses, going on in our lives that affect how we progress forward. There's monthly expert masterminds, and we've just had the very first one with Mel Judd, and she talked about managing stress. But more than that, it was sort of changing our relationship with stress, changing how we view stress, and therefore giving us more strategies to be able to feel more in control in our life. So that was an awesome one. And just because it's past doesn't mean you miss out. The recordings are there. They're going to be archived in the hub. So at any point that you join, you still get access to all of the live mastermind sessions that have already happened. You also get access to an ever-expanding library of resources and self-paced business development content that you know covers things like planning and prioritizing, personal and team development, finance management, all the sorts of things that we need to build the foundations and then decide where we want to go and then you know fill that gap from where we are now to where we want to be. So you get all of that inside the hub as well as the, the community of like-minded business owners who are there for support, who are there for celebration, who are there for the challenge, who are there for the ride because they're on it too. Let's face it, you know, we get a little bit, I certainly get a little bit annoyed uh, talking business all the time with, with my husband because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to have those conversations with him. I want to have different conversations with him. I don't want to be, I don't want him to be the one that I'm bouncing all of my business stuff off and all the things in my brain off with all the time. So it's really great to have that support network around us. Alrighty then, that is all from me for this week. I trust you have got something out of this episode. I cannot believe it if you haven't. I would love to hear your key takeaways. So find on Instagram, on Facebook, when you see any post or story relating to this episode, tag me and share it and share what you have loved with this episode. Tag the Real Life Business community and um, I would love to hear your takeaways from this. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast app of choice or YouTube. You can now listen to these episodes on YouTube as well. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate a five-star review because that's really going to help build awareness of this show. Okie dokie. I will leave your ears now and I will be back next week. Bye-bye.